I was thinking today about um, recording a podcast and what I wanted to talk about. And the idea came to me of like, hey, if I was um, brand new to fitness, didn't have any experience in it, and I was just like a 30-year-old man that's just trying to get healthy, uh, what would be the steps that I would take to get there? So I wrote down five or six things, and I'm going to dive into each of them. And um, yeah, just, just kind of give a little bit more of a description on why I think they belong on that list and, and why I put them there. Um, so yeah, I mean, first I wanted to talk about uh, I realized today that when I try to actually introduce the podcast in a way that's uh, new new and helpful and like tries to be like, hey guys, what's going on? Like it just doesn't work that well. So uh, that's why I just kind of opened up and just started going. Anyways, yeah, let's just dive right into it. Uh, so the first thing I had was just walking 10,000 steps a day, which is kind of an average benchmark for most people. I think a lot of people will think about that, especially in the fitness area of like, Hey, if you're hitting 10,000 steps a day, this is like what the normal should be. Um, but in reality, I honestly think it's a lot harder than that. Like, I think it's pretty difficult to hit 10,000 steps a day. Um, and it's, especially for me, I think like it's easy to, um, just be working all day or something like that. And then you look at your watch or you look at your phone and you're like, Oh, I'm only at two or 3000 steps. Like it, it'll get away from you pretty quick. Um, so being able to be intentional about that is, is really, um, important, I believe. And so the, the things that I was kind of processing through, like, what does this actually look like to be intentional about this throughout the day? Um, and, and there's a few different options and, and one of those things, and it, it takes a combination of things to be able to get there. But yeah, like even simple things like, hey, I'm going to park my car at the end of the parking lot when I go grocery shopping, or I'm going to take the stairs instead of the elevator, or I'm going to um, just do a quick walk around the street before I go home or before I walk inside, I'm going to walk to the end of the road or something like that. Like there's some pretty easy solutions to this. Um, but yeah, I think it's important just because it's like, even when you look at bodybuilders, um, the way that they burn the most calories is doing low intensity cardio. Um, very, very low risk in, in walking really good for your body, good for your feet, good for your ankles, good for your mobility. Um, being able to walk a long distance is a good way to just be a good health marker for most people. If you can walk a long way and if you can walk frequently and you don't experience pain, uh, that's a pretty good good reason to do so. So, yeah, that's the first thing. I think we were designed as humans to walk a lot. Um, and, yeah, you see a lot of people with lower back pain and stuff like that. And I think walking is actually a huge way to just combat that and to almost um, fight that before it even gets there. Um, so if you're active enough, you, you won't experience some of that pain that you get when you're older because those people have just been sitting in a chair and their lower back hurts and there's not enough lumbar support, stuff like that. Like if you're able to walk more and take breaks from your desk and to get active and, and your body will actually respond to that super well. So yeah, that's why I would say walking is probably the best way to do it with the lowest amount of risk, um, but the most amount of return there. And then the second thing I had, and, and these aren't in any order specifically, I just kind of uh, wrote a bunch down and decided I'd, I'd kind of talk about them. But yeah, drinking a lot of water. So I wrote down three quarters of a gallon to a gallon, pretty st straightforward. If you're drinking a lot of water, your body's able to function better. And so if you get some water in those blood, st blood cells, um, you're able to process your food better, your skin looks better, you, you feel better, your digestion, digestion is better. Um, your body honestly just functions really well when you're hydrated. And I personally have a struggle with this. Uh, I love energy drinks, so I'll drink energy drinks all day if I could. Uh, so I struggle to get in my full gallon of water, but it's something that I can drastically feel when I actually am hydrated. Uh, my energy is way higher. I sleep better. 
uh, besides if I drank a ton of water before bed and you have to wake up in the middle of the night. So ideally you can get that in in the morning and throughout the day at a consistent amount. And the important thing here also is if you're drinking a ridiculous amount of water to eat a lot of salt. Um, so what I've recently learned is that if you drink a lot of water and not enough salt, it actually affects your blood sodium content. And then what happens is the water that you're drinking is just getting secreted through sweat and urine. Uh, so yeah, you want to be able to drink or eat a lot of salt in your diet, especially if you're someone that's aiming to eat healthier. Um, a lot of that unprocessed food has really low sodium. So you'll want to, um, be intentional about getting in as much salt in your diet as possible, whether that be through like powdered flavor packets that you put salt in or they, they sell them like LMNT or even the Gatorade Zero packets are really intentional about getting getting some hydration there. Um, so yeah, drinking a ton of water and eating a bunch of salt and that'll be something that also will affect your appetite as well. So yeah, a lot of the sugary drinks that you drink on a daily basis are designed to uh, get you to eat more food. So and even processed foods in general. Um, I think there was a study done that found that if you eat primarily processed foods, you're eating 500 to 600 calories more per day, not just from those processed foods, but for the increase in appetite. Um, so if you're eating kind of regular foods and you're able to, um, drink water with that instead of soda, uh, that the lack of that processed drink actually helps your appetite to level out in a more reasonable way. If you're drinking Coke all day, all you're going to want is more Coke just because that's how the chemicals and the sugar combined are, and, and that's how they're designed is to continue to get you to drink more and more of their product. Um, so there's a lot of like scientific stuff there, but at the end of the day, processed foods are designed to get you to eat more processed foods. And that works the same way for drinks. So if you're drinking constantly sugar drinks, all you're going to want is more sugar drinks and water is going to start tasting bad to you. Um, and that's, that's not what you want to do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's number three is just staying or number two is just staying hydrated. Number uh, three, um, like I said, no order, but yeah, this is how I have it listed is to track your calories and macros. Um, so this is one of the things that I think was the most impactful in my life was actually seeing what I'm eating on paper. Uh, so, so once you're able to look at what you've eaten throughout the day, all listed on paper, it brings more awareness to the foods that you're consuming. Um, and the, if you have some knowledge of, of calories and macros, you know, that, um, you should eat a lot of protein and, and carbs. Usually people will say are bad, but they're actually not that bad. Um, and fats and carbs and fats should kind of be equaled out. Um, and your protein should, should be the most of your, um, consumption. So yeah, you should eat a lot of, a lot of protein, um, uh, and yeah, medium carbs and fats. But, uh, the idea is to focus on your protein while you're doing that. So if you start tracking your calories and macros, I think you'll kind of learn this over time of, of what makes you feel better and, and how you're more satiated, which basically means like, how, how you maintain lack of hunger and you're, you're actually full most of the time and protein is the way to do that the most. Um, but I think if you start tracking your calories and macros, I think you'll naturally just desire to learn more about it um, and kind of dive into that a little bit. So I think tracking that will have a huge effect if you're able to do that for a year and not get learn a little bit of the science behind it. I think that's that's a crazy thing. So basically the idea with this this group of of um, little tips and tricks to, and steps to take is not just like these alone won't necessarily make you super healthy and, and change your life. But it's like the idea of these as starting points will actually put you in a world that you're so unaware of and that you learn a ton from. 
So that's where the tracking your calories and macros actually doesn't do anything for your diet unless you do something with that information. So if you're able to track your calories and kind of learn more about it, then that's what will get you into that space of, um, hey, what is what does this mean? How can I change this? What are foods that are high in protein and, and low in fats or whatever like that? Like you'll start to kind of learn your body a little bit more if you're aware of what your body's consuming and then how you're feeling after that. Um, so yeah, that's number three is tracking your calories and macros and those go hand in hand. My fitness pal is a great app. I've used that for forever and I love it. So yeah, huge game changer in my life. And then number four, so start strength training three to four times a week. Uh, most people will go into kind of a weight loss health journey thinking that they need to do a ton of cardio. And I'm here to say that that is not the case. Uh, besides obviously walking your 10,000 steps, like that's, that's a huge thing, but I wouldn't even count that as cardio. I just think that's a little bit of a lifestyle change, but strength training in general is the most effective way to lose weight. So what strength training does, the more muscle that you put on your body, the more effective your metabolism is going to be. And so you're going to burn more calories. So you could go run on a treadmill for 45 minutes. And, and yeah, you could say that, hey, I ran on a treadmill for 45 minutes and I lifted for 45 minutes and the treadmill workout burned me six or 800 calories or something like that. But the strength training workout burned me 300 calories or 200 calories. And those are those are very drastic numbers. Reasonably, it'd be like, hey, if you ran on a treadmill for 45 minutes, it'd be 300. And then strength training could only be 100. But anyway, someone could take that information and argue, hey, cardio is a way better way and more efficient way to lose lose weight because you're born, burning more calories. Um, but what they don't take into account is once you're done with that cardio, you're done burning calories. But once you strength train for, say, you, you strength train for 45 minutes, the rest of that night and the next day, and however long it takes to for your muscles to recover, you're burning calories trying to get some nutrients, protein, um, and that muscle building signal is sending nutrients and stuff to those muscles to recover them. So your body will actually use calories overnight and for the next 12 hours um, to, to rebuild those muscles that you just kind of damaged and stressed in a good way. So you're not damaging them permanently unless you're really killing your body. Um, but if you're strength training the right way, uh, you should burn calories for the next 12 to 24 hours just to recover those muscles that you just burned. So that not only is a way to um, build back your metabolism and kind of shape your body, it's also a really good way to um, prevent some injuries in the future. So like main things like osteoporosis, that's something that you get like in a longevity perspective. A lot of people um, that are over the age of 60 or 70 start getting osteoporosis, which means that your bones are breaking down. Uh, and strength training has been shown to be the main way to kind of combat that. Um, so there's a lot of things and people that lift weights also are, are lower um, risk for cancer and other diseases. So there's a bunch of stuff that strength training does. If you have the most muscle, um, that means that your body is probably going to be able to fight those things way better because it's working more efficiently. Um, and, and you're just healthier in general with that new muscle. Um, so yeah, it doesn't take much either three to four times a week. You could do that for 30 minutes a day. So that's an overall two hours of working out and you could see massive changes. Even if you started working out one time a week with a good strength training program, you would see some pretty wild changes. I accidentally clicked the wrong effect. I thought that would be funnier. It was supposed to be, yeah, like that. Cause most people don't, don't think of strength training as a really big deal or as anything that um, is life changing, but truly if you do it for a year and just trust what I say, like in that fact that that will change your life, it will. Um, so yeah, strength training is a huge win there. 
And the next one is getting eight hours of sleep per night. So that's something that seems like it's relatively easy to do, but getting eight hours of good quality sleep, like that's huge, especially if you're, you work a lot, you have high stress, young kids, stuff like that. It could be very difficult to get those full eight hours, but if you're able to do that, that'll make a massive change in, in your lifestyle and in your ability to recover. I've learned this recently. So, um, I just got out of living with a house with seven guys, um, and I'm now married and live with my wife and I'm able to get seven to nine hours of sleep per night versus the five or six hours of crap sleep that I got with my seven roommates or six roommates. Um, we would stay up late watching movies. So I'd be looking at blue light right before bed. Uh, and then I'd go to bed at like 1230 and then wake up at 730 and, and go attack the day or, or 630 and, and go meet up with somebody or um, go work out early in the morning or something like that. But now that I moved in with my wife who has a really good sleep schedule and is able to be disciplined enough to get to bed early and there's no no other dudes around me to try to get me to stay up late and watch movies and stuff. I, I feel so much better and I can tell my body's functioning better. I'm more energized. I used to feel like I needed to take a two hour nap every single day, but now that I'm getting an adequate amount of sleep, my body is working so much better and I'm more energized. Like I said, my focus is better. Um, I have less cravings, something like that, like getting six hours of sleep, you'll, your mind and your body will be weakened to like the cravings that you have. So something simple like that can actually have a huge effect on your appetite. You'll be hungrier and you'll desire those crappy foods. Um, and yeah, it's just so weird how your body works in that regard. But if you're able to get, like I said, that full eight hours of sleep, um, that'll make a huge difference in your fitness life and in your health. Um, so yeah, getting, being able to give your body the recovery and the fuel that it needs to, to drive forward is going to make a huge difference. The next one, um, is, is resting one day per week. Uh, so as you may know, I'm a Christian, so I believe like, this Sabbath is something that like, God created um, in the Old Testament. Obviously, we don't; it's not a requirement for us anymore. As Jesus came and died on the cross, um, he he was the living Sabbath. Um, and, and whether or not you believe that, like I do, that if you're a Christian and believe that, I think there's a lot of value in that as well. Of just like, hey, even if you look at regenerative agriculture, so that's a really big theory that's happening right now that people, a lot of like farmers and stuff, I'm from Iowa, so you know, I know a little bit about farming, um, but it's the idea that they um, will use the same land over and over again, and then they'll give it a year or two to rest. So you'll give that land a little bit of time to regenerate, um, to be able to provide the same nutrients, to refertilize the soil, to um, yeah, let, let it kind of recover from the, so many years of using it to farm these certain crops. Um, and I don't know if you watch any of the Zac Efron, uh, Netflix show that he did where he actually visited a farm in Australia and they talked about how they will rotate their cows and, and their horses around the land so they're not just stomping on the same grass over and over again. So if you think of your body as, as something that's providing fuel for you or it's providing you a, a service or some sort of, of thing or action, you're, you should be able to give your body a day to recover from the stuff that you're acquiring of it all the time. So yeah, think of your body like a, like a field. And if you're constantly just getting stuff out of that field, it's going to have nothing left. Um, so if you're able to give that body a day or two to just relax, um, and like I said, the mind and the body are very intuitive and very connected. Um, so not only should you give your body a day to relax, but your mind as well. So don't just take that day and be like, I'm going to go work for a day and just sit down. 
It's like, no, you can rest your body. And, and sometimes resting will look like going on a walk or doing something that you find enjoyable that's not super physically taxing. Um, but yeah, taking into account the mind and the body and how they both rest and recover. So for me, that may not look like I'm not going to lay on a couch all day and watch movies. And like, yeah, I will do that for two or three hours, but then maybe I'd go on a walk or, or go to the gym and just stretch or something like that. Like there's ways to recover your body without just sitting down and letting it do its thing. Um, sometimes it takes some mental and physical recovery as well, hand in hand, um, to do the things that you enjoy. So it's not necessarily an act or a rest from activity, but it's a rest from productivity. So you're not going to do things that, um, are, are productive necessarily other than, uh, resting and relaxing your body. So yeah, that's the, that's the sixth one. And then the last one is, is the most important, but also the least important in some ways. So, uh, just, it's just to be patient and don't take yourself too seriously. Um, for me, it's really easy to take myself super seriously to the fact that it's like, Hey, I'm going to have a donut this morning. And then I would feel guilty about that and I'd punish myself for it. And I've talked about kind of flexible dieting and, and my visions on that. But if I'm in a very strict diet and constantly expecting perfection out of myself, um, I'm going to hurt myself and, and hurt my brain in the way that I uh, punish it after doing those things. So, yeah, that's where you get into a, a space of um, a bad relationship with your body um, and a bad relationship with food. So you want to just give yourself some space and, and grace there. There's You're not going to don't expect perfection out of yourself and don't expect uh, results overnight. So take some time. Just just slowly keep chugging along at these steps. Um, and I promise that you will see results, but yeah, just be patient and don't take yourself so seriously. Like don't expect yourself to become this perfect fitness eight pack, uh, super fast, like can run eight miles at a time and not feel gassed, uh, can lift a ton of weight. Like don't expect that out of yourself overnight. Give yourself some space and time and know that you will fail. And there will be times where you'll fall short of your goals and that that's okay. And just to um, wake up the next day and continue to try your best, but not to punish yourself from your past mistakes because like really like the body is amazing and it does so many things for you. And so you don't want to punish your body. You want to do things out of love for your body. Uh, so, so yeah, if you're doing things out of hate for your body, it's going to build up a bad relationship, not only with you and yourself, but also with you and food and you and activity and you and the people around you. Um, so you want to just be on the same team as your body and kind of um, work, work to love yourself in that way. Uh, so yeah, I hope, I hope those 10 steps are helpful for you. I hope that, um, this provided something, whether that be all, all, whatever I, I said, 10 steps, it was only like seven steps. Um, but I hope that it provided at least one of these things would be helpful for you in, in the long run. But, uh, yeah, anyways, the software I got gave, gave me some, some fun sound effects here. So that's what I was messing around with earlier. Uh, I hope that wasn't too distracting. I realized after I did it, that that was a bad call. Um, but we're, we're, it's okay. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to not take myself too seriously, uh, and not punish myself for that and not feel bad about that. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to do another one here. Yeah. All right. I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. Keep up with me in um, this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at TS Farner coach. Uh, you can listen to my other podcasts where I go dive in deep on movies and fitness. Um, so that's a little bit, hopefully more entertaining and less educational, but still a little bit of both. Um, so yeah, it's called popcorn and protein podcast. Uh, so, so go listen to that. You can, yeah, find me on, on, uh, the internet at solomonfarner.com. 
Uh, I recently started a, a walking group on, on Strava called TSF Walkers. So you can find me there if you want to look in that. Go on. You can go on to my website and find my newsletter and, and get added to my newsletter as well. That's something that I kind of give updates on. So yeah, reach out to me if you have any questions or, or yeah, if you're interested in my services, I'm also a nutrition coach. I don't know if I made that clear as well. Um, so that's that's my main occupation. And I love, yeah, stuff like this, walking people to alongside their healthier journey. So um, I'm also kind of kind of in that in that journey myself. And I'm still walking that walk. So, yeah, I love helping people to that. So, yeah, reach out if you need anything. Uh, hope you enjoyed.